Fuck them all, I cut them off, that's a Kanye speech Trapped in hell, feel the heat like it's burning from the kettle Keanu with Pacino got me working for the devil They trying to cage me, but I break free Went from a RCA to 4K HD See it at a higher resolution Doing work until the universe provide the restitution Silent with the movement like I'm Arya Stark Put a knife in your side, bring the light to the dark Welcome everyone to the True Exact Show. I got Brian here, Eric here, and our special guest tonight, Chase Moore, back for a second time. Everyone who's on a second time, I call him a friend of the show. Hope you don't mind that, man. Friend of the show, Chase Moore. Now, Chase had an album that just dropped, The Sky Is Falling. You can catch it on Bandcamp, all streaming services. So I wanted to have him on. Uh, He was the first one to respond to me uh, back in March to do an interview. So I've been messaging him ever since and said, anything I could do for you, even if it's 100 people who watch it out here, I want to help him out because I really appreciate them reaching out to me. So uh, you dropped your album, man. We just want to know about the album, how long it took you to make, and what went into the thought process, and we'll get into some other stuff, man. Cool. All good. So – how long did it take for you to make it? What's with the title to begin with? Just anything you could say, you know, about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll set it up. Um, okay, so uh, I think, like, timeline, I think I've been working on it for a year because it had two different phases. Like, originally, I was going to drop it in September or October. Like, I've had, I had a version of it done then, and I'd kind of been working on it since, like, February of last year kind of just taking my time with it I wasn't in a rush um I'm trying to think when I put right actually you know what no 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 no. it's a little bit later than that because I think my last album Ride or Die came out in March if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken so maybe then April let's say April April of last year and then um basically I had a version of it done and then I just wasn't that like all the way happy with it I, I knew that I wanted to add more shit, and I just took my time. I don't like to force shit. I like it to be or, an organic process. So um, basically, over those these those next few months, or not even a few, you know, over that next half a year, basically, I fucking I added songs. I took songs off. I re-recorded songs. I added verses. Like you know, what I'm saying, I just didn't. I didn't, it didn't feel complete to me. So I guess I would say all in all, probably like a year, uh, give or give or take, a, a little bit more than a year overall. But like I was saying, I had two different versions. You feel me? So like it, it, I kind of look at it as two different albums, but about a year, about a year. What what what, what was the problem with the songs you re-recorded? Because we used to record with someone I feel was a perfectionist. And do yeah. you do you making beats and having to mix other artists' songs get a little inside your head? And like you'll hear a dub you don't like when you might be the only person to hear that dub, and you're like, "Fuck, you can't hear this. I got to go back and redo it." Yeah, there. It's kind of uh, two different things. Like as an artist, you're always gonna be like your own worst critic. Yeah. So sometimes you gotta like. Sometimes you have to get out of your own head a little bit and just accept it for what it is. But sometimes it's the opposite. You feel me? So like, for example, with the shit that I re-recorded, like the 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 second song on the album is a song called Freeze Tag, mm-hmm. and the first version that I recorded of it, my flow was really monotone and it was sort of like really relaxed and lazy, and I liked that and I thought that's what I was going for, but. I just decided, you know what, I need to have some energy, especially because I knew that it was going to be song two on the album. 
So like I re-recorded it with a bit more of a height tone. My, my, my enunciation was a little clearer. So it's shit like that. Sometimes it could be like a tone. Um, sometimes I re-replaced verses and shit, but I'm definitely like, as an artist, you're, you're always going to judge your shit the most. Mm -hmm. So there does come a point where you just have to let it go. And it is, you know, it, 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 what that form that it's in is just how it's meant to be, you know? Right. Because in yeah. the grand scheme, yeah, go on, bro. No, because you could always continue to perfect something every single time. I mean, you work on something one night and you wake up in the morning and you listen to it and you're like, oh, shit, I don't like this. But five hours ago, you were like, oh, this is the shit, you know? Yeah. So at some point, you just got to be okay with it and say, okay, I got to let this go out there. That sounds like torture, though. Absolutely. To like, never have it feel like it needs to be where it needs to be. And then it's you absolutely. release it and let it go, and yeah. then you're just like, I should have said this. There's there's still songs, and I'm sure you could attest to this, Chase. There are songs I still listen to I recorded years ago, and I still hear, like, a little word. I hated how I said it. But in yeah. reality, you're the only one who notices it. It's in yeah. It's absolutely mind-numbing, man. But how, how long uh, – so how did you come up with a title and what exactly does it mean? All right, hey, hold on. Before I answer that, I just wanted to add one more thing. Go. The worst thing, though, in that is uh, uh, realizing you got a punchline or a bar wrong. I've oh. had that before where mm -hmm. I've said the wrong reference or <laughs> like, and I've had that like where I'm like, fuck, like, like I, either, I either said the wrong meaning or, you know, the, re the, the, the punchline was wrong with the comparison. I've had that happen, too, where, like, <laughs> where I've got the bar wrong. And that shit is frustrating, for, bro. for anyone who, like, has never recorded a song, and they don't understand. It's kind of like a golfer I compare to putting, a, a, like, a putt, and they can't quite hit it. How many times you memorize a verse in your head, and then you get to record it, and you just keep fucking up. And you're like, ah! Ah, yeah. And you just have to really like calm. It's a mental game. You really have to like calm your shit down and just fucking yeah. into it like that. So it is, Eric, to answer your question, it's torture. It's yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to get into it then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, the title, though, the title, uh, it's not really that deep of a meaning, but it kind of became one. Like, like originally I was going to do a song called Skyfall. Like, right. but then I was like, oh, like, fuck, there's Bond? James Bond movie and the song is called skyfall so it was just one of those things where i felt like it sounded really dope and it was just i just had this idea of the sky falling and that like because usually i pick the titles of my albums like before i make them or like at the very beginning stages you feel me so it was just one of those things where it sounded cool to me and then it kind of developed its meaning as the album progressed where it was like okay it's almost like everything's coming crashing down but it's time for a new beginning. And then there's the whole like chicken little thing where right. he was yeah. saying the sky is falling and that, and like that, you know, having the courage and shit to like, like, so that, so it, it kind of formed itself after, but the actual conception of it was me just thinking it sounded cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, it wasn't really like too thematic, you feel me? But it developed as the album, as I kept working on it, you know? Who does the, uh, who does the artwork for it? Oh, um, my guy Connor. Uh, he's out of the UK. Um, he just reached out. Um, K O N R. You can look his shit up. Connor Barron is his real name. Um, and yeah, we like went back and forth. He like had some I because I basically like told him like, look, I don't have a specific like idea, but just something trippy. Like it's not like you have to put you know the the literal sky falling. Yeah. But we we kind of worked out like 
he kind of had this idea of this upside down bird cage in the sky. And I was like, man, that's really cool. Like that resonated with me. Um, but yeah, my guy Connor out of, uh, out of the UK, uh, he's really dope. He, um, uh, uh, yeah, he reached out and was just like, yo, I like your work. Like, let's do something together. And, and uh, he killed it, man. Yeah, because that was one of the first things when I went to go listen to your album. That was one of the, I mean, you see the picture, obviously, first. And I thought the upside down bird cage was interesting with the whole the sky is falling, the chicken little type reference to it. It's a yeah. bird cage, everything like that. And then uh, it's just interesting to see where you get that motivation from, you know. But yeah, man. Yeah, we just kind of just chipped away at it and it all just kind of f- fell into place. And he like. You know, like the font was different at first and the color schemes were different. And, and you know, we just went back and forth and just found like a common ground. And I, I felt like he definitely brought like the vision of the album to life with the cover, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you said yeah. you, na- you name your album before you make the uh, the the whole entire thing and record it. Do you, I, I know you might have mentioned this in the last interview we did. Do you make all your beats for your albums? Are you rapping on your beats? Yeah. And do you find that part. do you find that like more difficult to do, or you you prefer it? I, I used to I used to prefer to not rap on my own beats because it's like it's like when you make a beat, I've heard it from it from start to finish. I know it left, right, inside and out. And sometimes when you hear a beat that you didn't make, it gives you a certain feeling of like immediate inspiration, which yeah. I don't get all the time from my beats. But I, ch- I choose the beats that do give me that feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of wait for the beat to tell me if I'm going to write to it or not. Because the number of beats I have compared to the number of beats I use is, like, it's night and day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have fucking two million beats. But, yeah, I, I used to, like, years ago, I used to not like making my own beats. But all the albums I put out recently, I made all of them. Uh, it, maybe like give or take a couple beats. I'm like, I know that my boy Sivo did a, a beat or two on my album Russian Cream, and then I think my homie Ewan did one beat on uh, Sweet Aromatic. But for the most part, I, I do them all. Now, since since you make the beats and like you're gonna use your own beats on certain times, do you find it easier to write to them like broken down or fully completed? Broken down usually. Yeah. Cause I kind of like the way I make beats is like, I kind of make the skeleton of it. Mm -hmm. And then if I like, I make like mainly skeletons and the ones that, that I, that I just feel are the ones that I go and finish. And so usually, usually I'll go, I'll go back and do all the extra sequencing and the drops and shit after the fact. Um, So usually I like them broken down, but I do like to have at least some like, idea of the structure like if the hook yeah. part's going to be different or if there's something that's going to be you know at least a semi-structure but i'll always go back in post-production and add like all the extra spice and you know whether it's a switch up or beat drops or mm-hmm. a sound coming in and shit i like to do that after the fact you know what yeah. I'm this is this is a question that's kind of non-related i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off scott i know you no, 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 i was good i was good but like um would would you ever be interested? Let's say somebody sent you um, ten recorded songs, right? But there's no beats to it. They've just mm-hmm. given you a cadence with their rhymes, and they said, "Here's ten of just my vocals. Build beats around it." Do you think you could ever do something like that? 
It'd be great if yeah. Brian, it'd be great, Chase, if you got an email in five minutes and it was all Brian's fucking yeah. rap. <laughs> 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 I want to see how it's right now. You get a weird email about it. Shot, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've done that sort of thing before with like remixes and shit, and I uh, think I could do it. But uh, I mean, I definitely could do it. Def to answer your question, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like it kind of helps to like. I, I would have to have the tempo though because I don't want to have to match it up. It's like if it is an acapella and I know what tempo it is, or at least roughly, preferably I'd like to know exactly what tempo it is, it's recorded yeah. at. Then I could for sure do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I've, 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 I've dabbled in shit like that before, like with some remixes and shit. Um, yeah, just, yeah I, I, I think, think I could definitely, I think I could definitely do that for sure. It's, it's kind of like, interesting, it's kind of reverse engineering. It, yeah, that's you know what, what I'm saying. saying. It's, yeah. it's reversing the whole process because typically you get a beat that's completed and you're like, all right, let me start writing to this. Yeah. But like, I've always thought that before. Like, what if you just put together a verse and you say, I know how I want this to sound. This is the tempo of it. All right, here's my lyrics recorded. Just build something around it, just to see how it yeah. came. No, definitely. And there's a version of that that I do where, like, using a verse from something, like that ends up on another song or something like a verse I didn't write to a beat. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. like, oh, this verse will fit on that. That that happens a lot too, where like I'll I'll find a a verse that I didn't write to what I'm working on, and then either just use the verse or use like main chunks of it and then rewrite you know rewrite some shit to make it fit more mm -hmm. but yeah that's definitely like a, that's good to like switch up your process and not do the same thing every time you know yeah that was gonna be i, I don't know if you touched on that but my question would have been um when you're making a beat do you have an idea for the song or are you just making the beat and as you're making the beat it's kind of guiding you to where you want the lyrics to go um it kind of depends because, all right, what I found is if, if it's a beat that I'm not sampling, then I, I, I find that it kind of creates itself as I go. Okay. If I'm flipping a sample, usually I can hear it already. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, there's room for me to, like, find extra shit, and I maybe I'll flip it a different way or add some shit after the fact. But usually, if I hear a sample, it's triggering something in my head where I'm like, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to flip this or how I want it to sound. Yeah. So, I, so I find that, like, if I'm, if I'm playing it or just doing, you know, it's based off original instrumentation, it usually creates itself. Whereas sampling, I've got, I usually have at least an idea of, of where I want to go with it, you know? Right. The one song I actually really like on the album when I went through it was, uh, and it's normally like a, a style I wouldn't enjoy, but I like Stressed Out with Adam Flowers a lot. Yeah. I, I like the whole scheme with, see, I'm a guy and they'll attest to, I love multis. I just love, oh yeah. That's why Me I too. like like the, the battles like back then with the source and it'll the multis. I just, <laughs> so when you were spitting, I wrote the saga continues plotting against you. Like, uh, yeah. the, the Jordan wings on the side, like all that stuff. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing I got to give, I think it was Adam Flowers on it. The fact he threw out was it him who threw out Kylie Minogue as a white girl? Yeah, I yeah. haven't. I haven't. When I heard that, I was like, I love this. Song. Yeah. I haven't heard Kylie Minogue's name. Yeah, uh, yeah. What did he say? Uh, it used to. I used to. Only, it used to only be whatever Viking chose. Yeah, only fucking with white girl like Kylie. Like, Kylie Minogue, and I'm. I think I was getting gas. I was like, did you just say Kylie Minogue? And I and I remember <laughs> she had like one song in like 2002. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, because most people will say like. 
Britney Spears or like Paris nope. Hilton or that Christina. Nope. You know, stand for that white girl. That's that's a he, that he killed it with that reference. Great reference. Pretty sure and she's we're actually, on. The- um, oh. We're actually shooting a video for that on Friday. Is she gonna be in it? <laughs> oh, it's gotta be. I said that'd be tight as fuck if she was. Fool, I'd ask that bitch. To, I'd ask her to put on her outfit from the Street Fighter movie. Fool, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure she was in that, bro. She played Cammy, I think. She was this. Wait, the Street Fighter movie, the one with John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yeah. She was in that movie. Yeah. I think it's Cammy or Cammy or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's her character. Yeah, she's in that movie. That was a horrible movie. <laughs> Terrible. That's Terrible. A horrible movie. Yo, like, no cap. They could redo if they did a Street Fighter movie the right way, though. It could be fire. Like Same if it was with, like yeah. some some IP man or like the raid type choreography, they could make Street Fighter dope as fuck. Yeah, the, the, the same with Mortal Kombat, but yeah, exactly. They're I probably- watched that the other day. It was it was like eleven o'clock. I was like, oh, Mortal Kombat's on. Let me just watch this and go to bed. First ten seconds. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> I was so hyped. I was like, I'm not going to bed for a while. You hey, 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 that first movie was kind of tight, though, bro. It was. The first Mortal Kombat movie was tight. Well, yeah. Zero, Scorpion. Bro. Scorpion was, Scorpion was like, so bad, though. The, the second one was with Goro, right? Yeah. The no, first one had Goro. With Johnny. The played Raiden. It wasn't Highlander no more. Yeah. 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 The first one had Goro, and uh, he broke Johnny Cage's glasses. Those are $500 sunglasses, you yeah. asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it was Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn was in the yeah. second one there, huh? Yeah, yeah I like the Shang Tsung, though. The guy had the right idea. Well, dude, and that guy does, like, he still plays Shang Tsung in the video games and shit. Really? I swear to God, he Boy, does his like, career the went nowhere. And Shang Tsung looks like him in the video game. Yeah, now. I'm pretty sure it was the grandpa in a Disney movie called Johnny Tsunami. But anyway, <laughs> sure. anyway, not not gonna get into that. It was like some Hawaiian surfer who went to snowboard or whatever. Um, so another thing on the album, two songs that stuck out to me. Uh, you had a feature with Ilmac and a feature with Satire. And the way you guys play off each other, is it just, like, easy as hell with Sat and Ilmac? Like, yeah, because because I've known them for so long, yeah. and we're such good friends, and we've made so much music together Yeah, that it's yeah, it really is easy. I mean, I don't want to, like, downplay the process because we – or not easy. I'll say natural. It's natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or because, yeah, like, Ilmac, bro, like, I've been working with him since 06. And Sat, I've I've known Sat since since '08 or '07, and then I think we really we really started working together like 2010. And like I still, you know, I see them all the time. Ilmac is my neighbor. Sat lives 20 minutes away. Like I see them all the time. And Sat actually, Sat's next album is entirely produced by me. Right. Like I'm in the process of mixing it right now. I was gonna ask that. Do you find it more because you just mixed Ilmac's entire album. Do you find it more enjoyable to make the album with you recording or like to mix an entire album? Well, they, they go hand in hand. If I'm recording, like, like if I'm producing an album and it's someone that I'm able to be in the same room with, then I'm going to record and mix it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I look at those process as, as in, interlocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, like obviously, I don't, I'll put it this way. I'll get I'll get hired usually to mix people's albums that I didn't record, but it's very rare that I record an album that I don't mix. 
Mm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I'm recording an album, it's usually like, because I, I don't really do like recording sessions anymore with like random, with random people. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to work in a big studio and, and that was my life for 10 years. Mm. But now it's like, like my crib, my lab is at my crib. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, if I'm working on some shit, then I'm more than likely, if I'm recording it, unless it's, you know, here and there, there is random sessions that I'll do for some bread and shit. But for the most part, it's usually shit that I'm either producing or, or I'm heavily involved in, you know? Now, how important was it for you 14 years ago when you, like, started to reach out to people? Because in 06 and 07, obviously, not a lot of people were able to make beats and get them out there with the platform. So you were able to make your, a name for yourself pretty early on when you got out there and talked to people. Like, do you feel like that was very important because of the, the, the game's so saturated now? Like if someone yeah. new comes in, it's just how many people, you know, make beats, but you were able to get your name out there. So it's kind of like, Oh, Chase Moore did this. Chase Moore did this. So do you have any advice for people making beats today? Like how, how did you adjust to it with everyone? Well, yeah, because, because the, the way I, even before I started really emailing shit out, like I was working at a studio. So mm -hmm. I had the, I had the, the luxury of artists coming in and out. And I'd just be able to network and just play beats. You feel me? But as the internet became, yeah. you know what I'm saying, the norm, like, that's my advice is use the internet. Because not only is, all right, just randomly reaching out to people still works. And I would definitely still encourage that. But we're in a day and age now where, as a producer, you can all put content out the same way that an artist does. So I would say, like, if you're coming up and trying to network and get your beats out there, put them out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Put, up, put out an album. Upload them to YouTube. Put them on the – go to DistroKid and pay 20 bucks and put them on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and all the digital platforms because the internet is the currency. It's the, it's the, it's the value. It's the it, – it's you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I if, – if someone hears about your beats or – they, you know, they see you on, you get an email from them, Mo more than likely someone's going to look you up. And, like, if they're going to look you up on YouTube or your Twitter or your IG, you're going to want them to see beats and music and whatever you're working on, you feel me? So I would say that's my biggest advice is, is, is use the internet to your advantage and put shit out. You know what mm. I'm saying? Or, or on the other side of that, link with people that that are in your network if you got homies that rap if you know people that sing even if even if they're not good bro like or what you think is good like getting your shit out there even if you like and obviously you want to make good music i'm not saying just reach out to anybody but what i'm saying is like especially for like a younger cat it's like you got people that you know that rap go fuck with them like you because sometimes you got to put some shit out for free before you make some money but the, it all comes back though you feel me because it's like that's your that's your karma right there because you gave out the universe will provide will provide the other way you know what i'm saying like that to me that's the most important thing is like because it's really easy to hoard music and i'm guilty of that the amount of music i have on my hard drive right now that's not out mm -hmm. is sickening but 
yeah. <laughs> I still am making sure that I'm releasing shit, contacting people, sending emails out, dropping yeah. albums, dropping beats, like, like consistent content. That's my advice. Consistent yeah. content. I could see that, like, ha like having such good beats or lyrics or something like that, and you don't want to give it. You want to wait for the right time to release it, and you want to just put it on YouTube for free. You kind of want to wait for somebody. I could see how that's that's difficult yeah. to sit on. <laughs> you know? It is, bro, it is, and it's it's a bit of a conundrum because you want to wait for those opportunities and you want to wait for the right time, but you don't want to wait too long because. Right. Like, dog, honestly, I'm thinking also, too, like, I've just thought about this recently. Like, because I was, I've just kind of been going through all my shit. Like, every, like, every beat that I have on my hard drive, every Pro Tools session, I, I've really began to, like, organize this shit. And I have so many fucking beats that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drop an album of just beats. And I might even do, like, multiple series of those, volume one, two, three, four, yeah, five. Yeah. Because it's like, I have hella artists I can send beats to, but I have way more beats than that, even. You feel me? So it's like, I've been thinking like, damn, I need to put these out. Like, I'm even thinking about doing shit like that. You feel me? Like, because that gives me content and that gives, it gives a home for the beats, even if they're just out there as instrumentals. Like, if you even have that many, man, you could do like contests and shit. Like, like yeah, just I've already thought about that. Stuff, you know? I've already thought about that. Like on some like, you know, who could do the best verse or and yeah. pulls some boat yeah. and you get the beat some some yeah. shit like that I've been thinking about that like they did the Brooklyn challenge which all the Brooklyn rappers got on like that's kind of if you had like some type of theme and saw somebody who could spit the best bars on it that'd be pretty yeah cool. yeah absolutely absolutely you absolutely. mentioned you mentioned to give out your stuff for free and then it'll come back uh, how how long until you started charging for beats, if you don't mind my asking, like no, that's fine. Um, I would say, I would say, like, and was it weird the first time you actually asked for money? Like, you know what? It's, it's about time. It's about time I make some. I'm gonna have to ask for I don't know nine ninety nine for this. Yeah. you got ten now, bucks. The thing about it is, the thing about it is, is I was I was so fortunate to to work in a recording studio, bro. Like, cause that's, that's how I learned everything. And like, I had a mentor and it, it's the most popping studio in Sacramento, like to this day. So to me, I already like the people that I was, I started to charge for beats. They were already at the studio paying for time and paying for mixes. So that was a little bit of a, uh, that was, I was very fortunate to be in that position already where money was kind of already implied a little bit. But I would say that I started charging like 2000 and 2006, 2007. And I had been making beats for, for like probably six years, five, five, six years at that point. Right. But it's That's like, it, it led up to it though too, because it's like, I think the first beat that I ever sold, I sold for 200 bucks. I think, I think that was how much it was. Right. And I, is, was, did you make that like your going rate at the time? Like your flat time, rate? Yeah. yeah. That's not well, bad though. The rate, Shit. the rate fluctuates though. Right. Cause it all depends. 
it all depends. If it's someone that I fuck with, I'll still charge that, bro. Like, if it's someone that I, or if it's an artist that's coming up, that's yeah. like a, just an independent artist, mm-hmm. bro. I'm not tripping off a crazy price. If someone mm-hmm. has backing or a label okay. or like a budget, I'm taxing. I'm taxing because right. that's how what the a budget is for. That's right. what yeah. an artist being signed is for. But yeah. independent artists, I'm not breaking pockets like that, bro. Because I mean, it depends. It all depends. Everything's case by case, but like my the, the rates aren't that much more because I I like to keep it real. You feel me? Like I'm like I, I look at it more as like it's like a mark. It's like it's almost like marketing for me too. You feel me? Because it's like yeah. right. this person's gonna push a song and they're gonna push the fact that I produced it. So it's like, and obviously it's mutual because they wouldn't have the song without the beat and my beat wouldn't be on a song without the artist. But like independent artists, I, dude, I, I, I plug them with the price, bro. Like, cause I don't look at that as like, to me, that's not like a money hungry opportunity. You feel me? Like I've got other shit that's like, there's, I got TV placements and, and, and like movie placements and shit. We've got this cartoons that i've been working on lately and shit and like that's like mainly corporate shit so that's that's where you fucking that's where you hit them over the head with the bag you know what i'm saying like that's actually like like, i I would have the money to spend yeah i i would think though like it'd be opposite just from an outsider's perspective like it's almost it's almost like uh, throw a name out there let's say you're giving a beat to uh, i don't know jay-z or something since they have backing, you're charging them more, but at the same time, it's like, but I'm getting a beat to an artist who's that um, established. So yeah, I mean, bro, if Hove wanted a beat, he gets the beat. Yeah, yeah, no I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying though, but like that's like actually noble that yeah. some guy you know who from New Mexico is just kind of a low level artist wants to beat you're not going to fucking rape him yeah. for it. Well you got to think about it like this. You got to think about it like this. Let's say the artist from New Mexico, he's paying me out of his pocket. Mhm. Jay-Z yeah. is not paying me out of his pocket mm. for a beat. Fucking Universal whoever the fuck he, the I think, yeah, I think the parent company's universal for Rock La Familiar, whatever. They're paying me. Okay. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, Jay-Z saying, like, here's a 10,000% tip. Like, here's yeah, $200. Exactly. Like, you're, you're good, dude. Because, yeah, someone like Hove, who's at the top of the food chain, like, it's not like shit just happens, like, under the table in right. those situations. That's all going through the fucking the corporate structure where they already got, you know, a million dollars allocated for this album or whatever yeah. it is. You feel me? Like, that goes without saying. That's expected. You feel me? Like, yeah. it's different. Because you got – that's why I look at it so different. Because that artist, he's paying for it himself. Or he's hustling the money together himself. Whereas someone in a position like Jay-Z, that's an allocated budget. Yeah. yeah. They have to spend that. I um I want to get to one more song on your album before I move into other stuff. The Red Wedding. Obviously, you have Game of Thrones things on it. Is that that was purposely done, right? Red Wedding, Game of Thrones. Also, the line I caught in it, which was amazing, 
was the Keanu and Pacino working with the devil in regards to the Devil's Advocate movie. Very good. Well said. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. Bro, fucking. I caught that. I one. always, I always have, like, if you listen to my music, I'm always referencing movies, comics, TV shows. Like, I love that shit. You feel yeah. me? Like, and um, yeah, man. Like, basically, fucking. That's yeah. That's completely inspired by Game of right. Thrones, because <laughs> the way I looked at it was. If you, you know, spoiler alert, but in the Red Wedding, a lot of motherfuckers die. And it's kind of, I'm lit. And that's a song where I'm just rapping all the way through. So I'm like, all right, I'm killing it. Like, I'm killing motherfuckers. That's kind of the meaning. It's like the Red Wedding. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to reference pop culture things. I'm a movie buff. You feel me? I'm a comic head. Like, I'm a sneaker head. Like, I, you know, like I, I'm always gonna have references about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that one, that song in particular, which also I, ha- I have a video shot for that song too, bro. I have hella content for this album yeah. that I'm just re- kind of just slowly releasing, given like the climate of social media right now. I don't want to be self-serving, and I don't. But uh, bro, I've got three music videos in the can already. I'm shooting three more at least. I've got a whole behind-the-scenes documentary, like. I'm sitting on hella content, you feel me? Okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not watching unless Kylie Minogue's in all three of them. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm trying to think, what's the line, though? Uh, feel the heat. Oh, feel the heat like it's burning from the kettle. Keanu with Pacino yes. got me working for the devil. That's an amazing <laughs> line. Yes, I caught that. Very good. I loved it. Fucking, um... That also, your Moonspill, the Megazord, Power Rangers. That's why I love the. I lo- I do like the album, the whole pop culture references. And I was gonna mention too, Brian's really into comics, and he does like his show, The Random University. Brian, he'd be great to have on for comic Batman talk. Cause personally, I can't interact with it. Cause I'm uh, not into I I can do that all day, but I can do that so, all day. Hey, we'll go. We'll do one. One quick question: Who's the best Batman? It has to be Val Kilmer. <laughs> okay. No. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Look, it's it's Christian Bale because of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. But Michael Keaton's Batman is very nostalgic for me, and also I really wanted Ben Affleck to get his rocks off the way that he should have because. Mm-hmm. He was really fucking good as Batman, bro. Like, yeah. if you go back and watch VVS, especially the Ultimate Edition, the, the, he's the best part of that movie. He's the emotional really fucking good as Batman. Yeah, the emotional aspect of it. That was something that was never covered in the other movies. It was always, obviously, Christian Bale benefited from the time they made that Batman and, like, rebooting that whole series with Nolan directing it. But... You didn't really see the the emotional edge of what Bruce Wayne really was and Batman and the, how the two conflicted. You saw don't even don't even say anything. <laughs> you didn't Ben Affleck captured that actually very well. The whole emotional aspect of why yeah. he was Batman, like and how the Batman persona took over the Bruce Wayne persona. But and what about- like said, he never Chris got a chance. Christopher Nolan's Batman is Christopher Nolan's realistic take on it. It's amazing. Yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman is how Batman is in the comics, bro. Yes. Like yes. that's that's how Bruce Wayne bro. is. You feel me? 
the so it just sucks. It the just sucks thing. that he, he didn't ahead. get the he didn't really get to get his bars off how he yeah. should have. Because I fuck with Affleck as Batman, like tough. I yeah. fuck with it. But I'm very optimistic about the new Batman coming up. It it should be uh, good. But dude, how about the Planet how about of the Apes movies were so fucking good? How about the one scene where they introduced Batman in the Batman vs Superman, where he was in the uh, oh, he's he in the corner. Batman. He's in the corner of the room. That was one of the greatest. Like, just what the hell just the, happened here? The girl, where the girls are in the basement, <laughs> and the cops go down, and they hear the screaming. Bro, that's yeah. exactly how bad it should have yeah. been. Hey, and the fight scene, the fight scene in BVS Yo, in the, the warehouse, warehouse is the best Batman scene. Period. Hands down. This interview just took a turn on the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> all I think about is Val Kilmer when he was talking about the bat and the cave. I was scared at first, but only at first. That was an emotional scene for me. Val Kilmer was an un- that's the best Batman movie, Batman Forever. I'm sticking. No, with that. no, oh, no. Hey, I don't hate on Batman. Batman Forever is fire. Tommy Lee Jones that's- was a great Two Face. Absolutely. No, great. Tommy Lee Jones sucked. His great Two Face Chase. Jim Carrey was a if in if if they put Jim Carrey in a darker way to be the Riddler, he would be extremely good at it. Him or Robin oh, Williams. Yeah. Great. Are we? Are we gonna? Yeah, absolutely. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cool out. Cool out. Nice to meet you. Can Adam West get some love? I mean, like, yeah, like yeah, it's no, about no, to get yeah. very cold in here. Remember the Simpsons? And how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? All right, I'm gonna try to sound try to sound relevant. What'd you guys think about the Joker movie? I loved it. It was great. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> I thought that fucking um, it was amazing, bro. Uh, I watched that movie like because I knew that it was a standalone movie because we're because we're in this world right now of franchises and and all these movies connecting and every movie when a movie comes out like that, it's just assumed that a trilogy is gonna yeah. follow. Yeah, and it was refreshing that it was kind of just its own thing. You feel me? Um, yeah, I thought I thought Joaquin uh, Phoenix was phenomenal, bro. Yeah, he, he was phenomenal. It it, looked, it it felt like more of a mental health yeah. thing than like a comic book because I don't I don't watch I've never read a comic book. Wait wait what'd you say wait what'd you say what'd you say? I said it felt like more of a mental health movie than like a comic book, right? Because I don't know any of the co- like I don't know and I don't follow any of that stuff. But that oh, shit was just to yeah. watch him. And you know what the thing like, is? Yeah. Showed it showed how anyone could easily become that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. They showed like it was like New York in the eighties where they went bankrupt and crime was. Yeah, no, I was just saying it was it's it showed how easily anyone could kind of go down that road with the failing healthcare system, with the failed like psychiatry and things like that. How they don't really care, you know. You see just someone as a number. And that's really what it was, and that's what it was showing. And it obviously showed the extreme way that yeah. it could um, you know. Because that was supposed to be in yeah, the man. 80s when, when New York was uh, hell, was it Hell City or, or Hell or something like that? There's like some kitchen? article. Was it Sin City? They had some article from, I think, the New York Times in the 80s. And they were giving you 10 things to do to not get killed, pretty much. Don't go outside after dark. Don't do all these things. Like crime was crazy, and then at the same time, uh, they 
pretty much got rid of all like like the mental institutions and shit. So all these people were out there, like how he lost his medication. So it was just a disaster. And it was like just the perfect type of scenario for a movie. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, random fucking movies. That was amazing, though. It took a turn for the best. Random universe. So we gotta literally just do a movie episode one fucking night. Just say it now. I'll gladly come back on for that shit, bro. I can do this all day. Oh, we can have a long ass conversation about that. I just the last thing. I think Robert Pattinson is gonna be good. Oh, I, I don't doubt it at all. The the movie Good Time, bro. All you gotta do is watch that movie. And if anyone doubts him, just watch Good Time. And he'll be fine. <laughs> Spider-Man's a nerd. Let's end it on that. I'm sticking with Val Kilmer. I'm holding true to that. I'm not mad. All right. You might be blinded by nostalgia, but I'm not mad. <laughs> uh, Chase, just uh, before we get to our Gun to Your Head segment, uh, just where can we catch your album and stuff? Um, all platforms, the sky is falling. Uh, if you want to directly support it, you can go to chasemore.bandcamp.com. Um, all streaming platforms. Uh, yeah, we out here. I'm thinking I might do a short run of physical copies as well. Um, yeah, just I'm just, old. I'm old school. I like my physical copies. Yeah, right I might do like, a. I just got a plug on vinyl too, so I might do vinyl. Like, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Nice. All right, we do this thing here for uh, Gun to Your Head segments. So there's a few questions. Uh, I think Brian won last time. So uh, after well, we ask, take a shot for that, bro. Hey, I got cars in the fridge. If you want them, I called them. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Ah. Oh, in the fridge, bro. <laughs> hey, the Adam Flower just pulled up. Hold up. Say what up. What's cracking? What's cracking? What's up, man? Oh, man? I love yeah. your Kylie. So Min- I love your Kylie Minogue line. Oh, thank you. I had to bring that one up. You know, <laughs> something random, deep cut, you know. Yeah. All facts. Yeah. All right. Well, what's up? Let's get let's get into it, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So we do this gun to your head segment. This first thing comes to your mind is some questions. It's kind of like a would you rather, but a little more complex. At least I think so, or we think so. Brian won last week. So after we ask you these questions, you have to pick a winner because we have an ongoing tally, okay? Oh, Brian, you went for you won, so go first. I go last. Right, that's what it is. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I, tried, I tried to slime. I don't. The movie talk fucked me all up. All right, I'll go first then, followed by Eric. All right, you ready? Benny the Jet Rodriguez or Benny and the Jets? Uh, Benny yes. and the Jets. Oh wow! Would, would you rather eat? Would you rather eat honeycomb forever or comb your hair with honey forever? Uh, well, I'm bald, so I'm going with honeycomb. Stop honeycomb with hair. My Girl by the Temptations or My Girl in the Movie? Uh, my Girl by the Temptations. Would you rather know how to moonwalk like Michael Jackson or actually walk on the moon? Moonwalk like Michael Jackson, because, bro, the second you're on the moon, you're going to want to dip. True. <laughs> Return of the Jedi or Return of the Mac? Return of the Mac. Okay, there you go. Eric, you're up. Would you rather drive a Toyota or build a Toyota? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a bar right there. Oh, thanks, bro. I saw your sources. Oh, good. I'd rather drive a Toyota because, that's cool. like, once I build a toy, like, that's cool and shit, but yeah. I still I think need I'm to go get ahead from and point A to point B. <laughs> I think you get help. I think you get help for these. No, I swear to God. 
All right. Um, the rest of them are going to suck after that. Uh, one movie to watch forever. Hello Kitty or Bye Bye Birdie? <laughs> bye Bye Birdie. You're going camping for the weekend. What do you bring? Maker's Mark or Marky Mark? Maker's Mark. I knew you would. Uh, you star in the next sequel. Bad Boys or Mean Girls? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yeah, I'll say bad boys, but Mean Girls is a okay. fucking funny movie. Okay, you need a security team. Who'd you ask to be the leader? Tony Montana or Tony Soprano? Tony Soprano. Okay. And let me explain why. Let me explain why. Tony Please, Montana fucking fell apart very quickly. <laughs> he was great as fuck. Tony yeah. Soprano, uh, you can fucking rely on Tony Soprano, man. Yeah, I think Tony Montana has a drug problem. I yeah, he does. <laughs> Tony only does coke like two, three times on the show. So right. yeah. So go ahead, Scott. I don't think it matters. Or, yeah, whatever. I think I, I don't know if I have one to beat any viewers. Those those two are too good. All right, I'll try though. Uh, get mugged by a thief or thieve someone's coffee mug. Uh, I'd rather thieve someone's coffee mug. All day. <laughs> I ain't trying to get mugged. Only shop at Whole Foods forever, or you can only swallow foods whole forever. Uh, shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> tattoo I was the there earlier today. Tat all right. Tattoo the numbers of pie on your body, or only eat foods in pie form for the rest of your life. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. All right. Would you rather tattoo the numbers of pi on your body or only eat foods in pie form for the rest of your life? Okay. Well, pie can go on forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that means that eventually the my whole body is just covered in. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with pie with the other one. Pie foods for the rest of your life. Yeah, pie foods. Yep. Okay. Uh, what's better, Floyd Mayweather or the weather in May? <laughs> uh, Floyd Mayweather because he has the that's, best record so that's just right. the best and last one <clears throat> would you rather have to wear turtlenecks for the rest of your life or strangle one turtle by the neck ooh fuck that's wearing a turtleneck would get old quick I like turtlenecks not forever <laughs> You That's know what? Like I love horrifying turtles, but I'm just gonna have to dump out one turtle. I'm just gonna have to dump one out. Yeah. All right, Chase. Who won that one? Who's the best questions? Me, Eric, or Brian? Mm, fuck, man. We can recap the best ones. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Brian. God damn it! No, this is what happens when see Brian knew. Brian's a piece of shit. And he brought up movies knowing Chase more like comics and Batman. And yep. he fucking I got in his head. You got in his hey, head. Please, he's catering to the audience, you know what I mean? Bullshit. You're just a sore loser, is all I'm you a want. horribly sore loser. Absolutely. Chase more, thank you for coming. I don't think you were a close second. I know, I wasn't. That was bad. <laughs> I should, if, if I knew you had, didn't have hair, I wouldn't have asked the honeycomb one. That was my moneymaker. 
Yeah, Chase, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate thanks, it. Man. We will have you on again soon and whenever you want. Anytime, man. Thank, thank you guys, man. Anytime. Yeah, man. No great. problem.